turn. Alright, take him. Take him. It's a nice buck. Take him. Heck yeah, buddy. Awesome shot. He's going down. Welcome to the Hunt and Fish Network podcast. All right, ladies and gents, welcome back to another episode of the Hunt and Fish Network podcast. I'm your host, Ed Woolley, a.k.a. Mr. Muley Tynes. And on episode six today, we've got Jaden and Dave from Wolf Outfitters in Colorado. How's it going? Good, are you? Good, good. So uh, to start this thing off, why don't you guys uh, tell us a little bit about yourselves? Yeah, I'm Jaden Wolf. Um, I started Wolf Outfitters. Um, been going here for about five or six years now. Um, grew up on the property I started guiding on. Um, you know, just started started hunting up there and began to love it and figured, you know, I could make a business out of it. So, um, you know, I grew up up there, you know, in the same mountains that I've been guiding in for my whole life. Um, and then, you know, started a trucking company, a truck, you know, when I'm not hunting, but majority of the time I'm hunting and you know that's what I love to do yeah David Cummings uh this is uh, probably what fourth year guiding for Jaden now and um started out kind of just hunting as a passion grew up here in Colorado um was not all more out on the uh, eastern plains and then just uh just developed a passion for hunting out in the hunting big game in the mountains and and uh, I teach I teach as a um as my other job and found a good career and built some good relationships. And that's when I met Jaden and uh, started going on his property and then started guiding for him. So, yeah. Heck yeah. There was actually a big lease that I seen come out there on the Eastern Plains, like 80 something thousand acres. Yeah. I wasn't, I, it, it looked like it was good for antelope, but the deer didn't seem like it was really? nothing too special, but yeah, it looked like a trophy unit for antelope. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of whitetail out there too, uh, especially towards that river, those riverbeds. It's pretty nice. So, yeah, maybe uh, tell us how you guys got into into hunting. I just grew up in it. Um, you know, all my neighbors. I mean, I grew up in Kremlin, Colorado. Which, if you know anything about Kremlin, that's you know most mostly what everybody does up there is either ranch or hunt. You know, they ranch in the summer and hunt in the fall. So, just grew up doing it. Um, uh, I'd say my grandpa, mostly my great grandpa, my grandpa, all those guys, um, they've been guiding, you know, for, for years and years. And, um, I just figured I'd fall in their footsteps. So, you know, I, I just kept up with that and got a few leases around the Kremlin area and, you know, built relationships with a lot of the ranchers around there. So now I'm, you know, getting more and more of the properties around Kremlin and it's going good. Yeah, I'd say the same, same here. You know, those grandparents are amazing and they kind of teach you, they kind of get you going when you're young and you develop that passion for it. And so that's the same for me. I started growing up, I was actually more into um, waterfowl hunting out and being out in Northeastern Colorado and kind of developed a passion for going up in the mountains and hiking around. Um, and then so got into big game hunting in my teenage years and uh, loved it ever since. Um, probably the biggest passion for me is just getting up on the mountain and and getting up and hoofing it up and down the hills and and it's a it's a tough tough thing to do and sometimes you just gotta love that tough stuff so yeah no that's kind of it's kind of like me i grew up my dad's been in the outfitting business for 40 years so 
a lot of the kids around town always gave me shit because we always had private property. I said, I said, I don't need to brag about anything. I, I know I'm pretty fortunate because I mean, I grew up on a 60,000 acre ranch till I was, well, we had it until 2000, we had it from 1997, I think till 2018. So, yeah, I mean, it, I was kind of spoiled. I was the first to admit, I was like, yeah, it'd be hard for me to yeah. go, out, go out on public land and hunt, Yeah, which we did. We, me and my brother did for two years before we got our place in Colorado. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. my dad, I mean, ever since I was just a little dog, I was up on the mountain with elk. So, yeah. Yeah. I'd say people get yeah people get pretty mad i mean i shot these bucks when i was just a little guy when i first started hunting you know just um i think that was actually my first buck right up here so um you know a lot of the guys but get mad about that but you know i've hunted public too you know um you can't hate on guys that have private either you know it's i mean you know that's that's part of it and um you know i agree with all the public land guys you know i love public land hunting and um you know but just having the privilege of private, I figured, you know, why not guide it? You know, so that's where I'm at now. And heck, I barely even hunt on my property anymore. I just guiding it now. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I would always win the big buck contest at the high school every year. So that's yeah. <laughs> the, the last year I was there, they made it public land only. So but <laughs> I was like, Hey, you guys could go talk to landowners just like we did and pick up private land. It's not like we got some magic potion. Right, right. <laughs> I said you just need to you just need to go use your salesman skills and talk yeah. them into letting you lease the property. Right. <laughs> kind of uh tell us how Wolf Outfitters came about. Well, same sort of deal. I mean, just from a kid, I wanted to do you know something in the hunting, and obviously, if you want to do it for a living, you got to make money doing it. Um, so figured you know outfitting would be the first go. Um, I. You know, there was a guy who guided my, my grandpa's property for years. And he told me, you know, if I guided for him for a few years, he would set me up. And I did that, you know, back when I was 17 or 18, started guiding um, with him. And then I uh, guided for him for two years. And then I went out and got a couple more properties on my own. And we set up, you know, Wolf Outfitters. And it seems like every year gets better and better. And it seems like, you know, we get, we, but now I think we got everything set up to where, you know, we're killing really mature stuff. And, you know, it took a few, few years to get really used to it. You know, I had to get my guides up there and, you know, to figure out the property and whatnot. But I mean, we've been up there for six, seven years now guiding. Um, I mean, I've been hunting up there for 25 years, but been guiding up there for six, seven years now. And it's, you know, it's really getting good. So. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, all the guys that I've sent out there has had a good time. So, I mean, that, that alone speaks for itself yeah what's uh what's your guys's favorite thing about guiding oh uh, probably just that that relationship piece you know like you said you know talking to those guys it's just building that building that bond building that relationship and, and keeping it you know it's it's the ability to send messages to the guys still to this day you know how's everything going how's the family and so as you build those relationships, and I think that's, it's important. Um, it's an important piece to us. Um, I think kind of the way that we like to guide or the way that we do things is almost like a family, um, almost like a, uh, kind of like a family type, um, environment. Uh, so it's kind of a, it's a close knit deal. So, um, 
just being able to have that relationship. And then, of course, you always like seeing those guys with those big old smiles uh, after they knock something down. So especially, you know, after last year, it was really nice. So, yeah. I'd say the same thing. And then also, I mean, who wouldn't want to hunt, you know, 90 days straight, 60 days straight? <laughs> I mean, I just love, you know, going out with the guys every day and getting a chance to pretty much, I mean, not hunt for yourself, but, you know, you get to see so much more than, you know, most guys getting a tag and they get to go out for seven days a year. You know, we're out here 90 days out of the year hunting. Uh, it's pretty cool to, you know, just go on that many hunts and see that many animals, see, you know, the same animals every year, you know, start to see that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, no, same with me. I always tell guys that by the, by the time we get done with this five days, we're either going to be brothers or best friends. Cause every, <laughs> every time I guide somebody, they know my whole life story and I know their whole life story. So, yeah, yeah. and I've, I've met a lot of guys in the hunting industry and I, a lot of them are my best friends today. They're like, I call it the brotherhood. Right. But <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I'm the same with you guys, the relationships. I've got so many hookups now in the hunting and outdoor industry. It's, it's crazy. My wife's like, where do you, how do you know all these guys? I'm like, they come <laughs> out and hunt with me and then they go back and tell yeah. their buddies. And it's like a pyramid scheme. It just, down 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 exactly but yeah. yeah i mean i mean the first time hunters are pretty hard to beat because when they shoot something i mean they go they go ham there oh, I, had, yeah. I had one guy freaking tackle me after he shot his elk <laughs> like dang you gotta go easy on me man i'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting too old for that <laughs> yeah, exactly what are the key traits in a good outfitter and what should a client look for in hiring an outfitter in your opinion you know, I would start out, I think a lot of people have big expectations coming out West. A lot of guys see, you know, a lot of big stuff on the internet and whatnot. And I think being, you know, true to people's expectations is one of the first keys. Um, you know, if you overpromise and under deliver, you know, people are gonna, you know, if they're coming out to shoot a 200 inch buck, I'm, I'm not going to tell them to come out and, you know, guarantee you a 200 inch buck. You know, I think expectations is where it starts. You know, if, if a guy's going to be super happy with, you know, that 170 class buck and he wants a mature buck, you know, that's where I start. And that's where I've found a lot of people, you know, are super happy with my, you know, how I sell hunts, you know, I'm not going to oversell it. And then I, you know, I hope I over deliver when you come out, you know, so, you know, I'm, I'm we're looking for 160, 170 bucks. And then, you know, 180, 180 buck comes out and, you know, guys are pumped about it. You know, I mean, I, I just don't try to sell oversell my hunts. Um, you know, we accommodations is a big thing over the past couple of years, we've got a couple more properties and got a nice lodge and we have a cook there the full time and people like that, you know, aspect of it. Um, and then obviously just keep, you know, taking care of the property all year, um, setting it up good for, you know, come archery time. And I think, you know, the work we've done on the property just over the year, you know, people, I think people can see, you know, on Instagram and whatnot, you know, the work that goes into outfitters, like, you know, how they're, how they're working, you know, to make their better, you know, property better. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's where I'd start is just expectations, making sure they're not overselling. If somebody's going to come, you know, try to sell you, you know, you better watch out for that. You know, I've, I've been on guided hunts where, same thing, you know, people over, over promise and under deliver. And I hate that, you know, so. Yeah. And I think, you know, the biggest thing is just, you know, past experience on different clients, 
you know, having that, um, you know, like you said, you know, other people that have came and already did the hunt with us before, you know, speaking to them, hey, go talk to these guys, see what kind of experience they had. And then, you know, once you build up all that, you know, you check, you check to see how good of a time you had, you know? Yeah. Um, we, uh, I always tell people too, if uh, they're coming to book a hunt with me, I give them, you know, 10 numbers of guys that have came with me in the past and, you know, maybe just can't afford coming every year. Cause I got a lot of guys that come every year, but you know, I have a whole list of guys that have came and, you know, they come back every other year or whatever. And I'll give, you know, numbers to guys and they can, you know, do their own research on me, um, call those guys. And I, I, I think most of them, um, 99% of them would say they've had a great time. So, you know, doing that kind of research on, on the outfitters, a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think when I talk to guys, like you start talking to them and they, you literally find out that they have no clue how much money and time outfitters spend on management. Right. That's like the biggest thing I've found with guys. They're like, Oh yeah, you guys, you guys just go out and set trail cameras and watch deer. It's like, no dude, we, we plant food, food plots. We do trail cam. We do mineral yeah. fencing, all kinds yeah. of stuff, man. Lots of fencing, cutting logs out of roads all year. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's like, if you guys even knew half of what outfitters do to spend time, I mean, just the time in the mountains, I mean, right. it's good. It's awesome for us. Cause we're out in the mountains, but. Yeah. It's time away from our families that we don't get to spend with our families that we're out doing hard work. Yeah. When those guys show up, we know where the animals are at. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you guys have a, uh, each of you have a favorite story, hunting story you guys want to share? Uh, One that stands out. That's a lot to think of. <laughs> <laughs> We, we always come up with stories at the end of the year and we're always having flashbacks of hunts all year round. Yeah. Every time we go up there and we start, hunt, or start, you know, getting ready for the hunts. And it's, it's funny, just every corner you go around, you're pointing out, Oh, remember when we shot, you know, Brian's back there. <laughs> so, you know, it, so I don't know. I mean, I, I could probably name off a million stories, but man, I just. Yeah. I think the biggest, even almost the biggest story that I probably for me, even just for the last couple of years, I, you know, I got a young family right now at home. I got a seven-year-old and a five-year-old, two boys, which I'm blessed with. And, uh, you know, I got, I was actually blessed last year to be able to bring up my seven-year-old now up to the cabin. And we were doing some, some, uh, trail cam, you know, checking out and doing some, cutting some roads. And I think being able to see his eyes light up on where we actually do some hunting and some guiding, uh, I think it's, that's kind of the experience that I like is, you know, just being able to share that with my own family. Um, it's kind of a cool little story. So, yeah. What about you, dude? You got one you want to share? Yeah. <laughs> I've had a hundred of them go through my head now, but man, I, I would say what comes up in my head about, you know, favorite group, I, I wouldn't say it's maybe it's story, but I'd say the best time favorite group, um, just like, just, uh, you know, the coolest experience was, uh, we got some guys that come up from Louisiana every year and they have all their kids, they bring up their kids and what, from two up to 17 or something. And they have like six kids and the, the, the dad and the wife, and they all come and hunt. I mean, it's, it's the coolest experience to go out there and he gets to go watch all his kids, you know, from 17 to 12. I think he's got three or four of them in there, go shoot stuff. And, you know, that's pretty cool to see just, those those kids from Louisiana never being able to 
or you know, they they grew up hunting whitetail and ducks and whatnot, and then coming out and hearing an elk bugle is pretty cool. To see that, so yeah, yeah that's kind of like my little boy. He's he's six, getting ready to turn seven, but I remember yeah. the first time he ever heard a bull elk crank off, his eyes lit up. Man, he was <laughs> he was sugar glider status for a minute. but yeah seeing those young kids man that's our future generation so the more we can get them out in the woods the better in my opinion 100 percent. what uh what units do you guys specialize in in colorado mostly in the kremlin area um we mostly i've I've tried to get ranches near my my uh grandparents ranch um just kind of because i know that area the best you know um I've had other leases come up, you know, other places, but it just would take me a few years to figure it out before I'm willing to go sell a bunch of hunts out of it, you know? So I've, I've been trying to stay in the same area. I, I, you know, I know, so it's mostly Kremlin area, uh, unit 181, 18, 27, right in that area. Um, I, I started out in 181, which is a great unit cause there's a lot of, you know, over the counter tags, a lot of private land. So you can get a lot of tags. You don't have to wait five or six years to get a tag with me or you know i don't always have to draw landowner tags i get landowner tags for some deer and stuff but that's the good thing about my deal is you know a guy can pretty much decide if he wants to come next year and he doesn't have to wait five or six years to get points so heck yeah so what what hunts do you guys specialize in is it just strictly deer and elk or do you do antelope and bear as well yeah we uh I'd say we specialize in deer and elk, but, um, we always do a few antelope hunts a year, just on the lower land. We got some lower land and that's, it's good to get out early and go hunt some antelope and in between hunts, hunt some antelope. And then always got bear during archery season. We usually just do add-ons for bear during archery. Um, got some rifle tags too, for those, but yeah, mostly deer and elk, um, all the way from archery, the whole, the whole archery and muzzleloader time. And then first, second, third, and fourth. And then we do a few cow hunts at the end of the year. So, heck yeah. What, uh, you guys have any hunts available for the 2023 season? Yeah, I had, um, I think we got a few spots for first and second season available. First, second, or first season would be just elk, um, trophy elk hunt. Um, that's a five day season. And then second season, um, would be a combo hunt. So I got a few spots available there. And then I have one group available for archery. So, um, everything else usually stays booked up pretty well, but I have a few spots available this year, I think for those, for those spots. Heck yeah. What, uh, what's your guys' favorite season to hunt deer and what's your favorite season for elk to hunt? Well, I'm for sure archery for elk. <laughs> I'm an archery guy. So, uh, I don't think I'd ever change that. Just, I just like to hear the bugles and, you know, once you finally get one down, it's pretty rewarding. Um, but you know, I'd say for deer, four season, just when it starts to rut, you know, um, four seasons are really good time. Third and fourth. I mean, they're all good seasons. It's hard to pick, you know, cause every year yeah, it changes, you know, third and fourth season can be really crazy good. And then next year, all of them can be good, you know? So I would say, yeah, third and fourth season when the deer start rutting and then archery, archery elk when in the rut. So, yeah. Yeah. But I agree. Heck yeah. So let's, let's say, John Doe's gives you a call when he comes out after he's booked a hunt, kind of give us where they fly into and then kind of how it goes on a guided hunt. Like, do you pick them up at the airport? Do they rent a car? Where are they flying to? 
So yeah, we've had a lot of guys uh, fly into Denver um, and we actually, you know, part-time live down by Denver. So a lot of the times we'll go pick up our clients, take them up to the lodge the day before, um, get them all settled in. We're going to go, you know, go to the range, we've got a range out to 1200 yards. We go have fun and shoot all day, um, get our guns dialed in and then get, you know, get everything moved into the cabin. Um, otherwise, you know, you can fly into Kremlin. There's a little private airport in Kremlin. Um, so you can fly into there or a lot of guys drive, it seems like, cause they're, they're wanting to bring in their trailers and be able to take four, four elk home, you know? <laughs> so, but we had, yeah, a lot of guys fly into Denver and then we'll pick them up. It's about a, a two hour drive up to the lodge from, uh, Denver. So yeah, we'll do that. And then usually I get, get there the morning before go shoot get the you know get the lodge ready um we're usually up there scouting a few days before um it's pretty fun when they get up there and we're going down the road you know we can see a lot of our property and we'll set up the spotting scope right before we get to the lodge and show them all the elk right up on the hill and that gets them pretty pumped up and they can't sleep that night and then they wake up at 2 a.m and they're ready to go you know with their boots on so that's pretty cool um and then yeah from there on we usually hunt mornings and nights. Um, we usually come back for lunch most of the time, um, depending on what season and whatnot. But we have pretty much road access to a lot of our properties. Um, we guide in fully heated, air-conditioned rangers, and then, you know, spot and stock mostly. So we're going to drive rangers around during the rut and whatnot and try to find deer like that and glass a bunch. And then I'd say archery, you know, drive to our main spots and then start walking. So, so you guys go out for three or four hours in the morning and then come back in for lunch and then head lunch. back out yeah. three, three yeah. or four hours. For rifle, rifle almost always. For um, rifle. For yeah. archery is a little different, you know. Archery, you want to, it depends on where you're at. If you, you know, you're something that's, that's bugling off and you want to either try to figure out where they're going for the evening time, you might stay out during the day. Um, it all depends on, you know, earlier season. So but we're pretty I mean, we're not, it's not like a two hour drive to out to where we're hunting. I mean, we're right there. Um, you know, archery time, you take a five, 10 minute drive and you're there and yeah. you, you jump out of the ranger and you start walking in here in bugles, uh, rifle season, you can drive 30 seconds down the road and shoot a 180 buck, you know? <laughs> so, you Heck know, yeah. so it's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, they're everywhere. It's a, it's a beautiful setup. We got, you know, that's what last year we were talking about. Um, you know, we talked sharing stories jane's out getting ready to grill for some of the clients and uh he looks across the hillside about 200 yards away and what the herd was probably about 40 or 50 elk just a couple hundred yards away during archery season it's going crazy just yeah. running like crazy so well, i had to call the guys and tell them to get back to the cabin because we had elk going right next to it <laughs> so heck yeah what uh what class of bucks can guys expect when they come out to hunt? So I would um you know I usually say 160 to 170 is very, very realistic. Um, you know, some years they grow good and we go out and kill quite a few 170 inch bucks. And then, you know, here and there we get some 180s and obviously bigger, um, just depending on years. But I I usually sell it as 160 to 170 being, you know, that's that's very realistic expectations um you know obviously there's there's bigger ones up there um but that's that's usually how i sell it so and then for elk what kind of bulls can guys kind of expect when they come out um i'd say for the majority of the seasons um you're looking at you know a good 310 320 bull 
um, six by six, you know, rifle seasons, we get into the 320, 330 bulls, um, you know, archery, most guys that come out, I tell them, you know, if you're expecting a giant, you know, maybe go down to New Mexico or Southern Colorado or something. But, you know, if, if they're expecting a good mature six by six, you know, they're, they're probably going to do good, especially in the rifle seasons. So what, uh, what do archery hunters need to be proficient out to with their bows when they so, come out archery hunting? <laughs> we've had about everything. Um, we've had guys that, think that 20 and 30 yards is a far shot and they realize that they're out west now and it's a little different you know <laughs> so uh, I would say you know I would say be proficient out to 60 70 yards just just on practice wise at least you know um, be practicing 60 70 80 yards and you know if a shot comes up in the fifties, you know, maybe sixties that they're ready for that. Um, just because that's, you know, there's so many times that, that, that happens and, you know, they might not be used to that out East, but I, I try to prepare my guys big time for that, um, out East. I'm, you know, they got to change up their sights and stuff from 30 and 40 yards up to 50, 60 yards, you know, um, and not, not always like you have to send one that far, but you know, at least be ready for it. So yeah, no. When I posted that video on my Instagram the other day about being proficient at 40 and 50 and then be yeah. confident at 90 to 100, man, I got slammed pretty hard. Oh, I've but... seen that. No, I'm like, I I mean, heck, I, I practice out to 120, 130. And you know what? If I have the perfect shot, you know, I, I'm not going to hold back on 80 yards if I know that animal's not going to move you know, obviously a lot can happen at that far, but you know, if you're, if you're the right hunter, if you're with the right guide, you know, you gotta, you gotta call your shot too, you know? So at the same, that's the same thing with 30 to 40 yards, a lot can happen, but you know, you gotta know when to shoot and you gotta know when you feel good and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, the out West is totally different. I've hunted in the East and stuff and yeah, you know, you get used to their 20, 30, 40 yard shots and that's a far shot, but you get out here, you know, it's a whole different ball game for sure yeah brian he uh came to bat for me and kind of got all the haters shut up for oh, me yeah. so. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> but what on the rifle hunts what do you usually tell guys they need to be good out to um you know we have we have a lot of shots around four or five hundred um and a lot of guys same way you know they're they're out east and they're used to their two three hundred yard shot and but I, you know, when I book guys, I, I make sure that they're ready for it. Um, so, you know, we've had guys that have had custom rifles that, you know, feel super comfortable at six, seven, 800 yards. Um, but, you know, I tell guys that make sure you can shoot 400 yards, you know, uh, and if you can shoot more, you know, the better, but, you know, we really try to test them before too. Um, we go to, we have a 1200 yard range, you know, down on our lower property, and we'll go down there and make sure they can shoot it. And it always changes, you know, buck fever and whatnot. But we try to make sure they're comfortable with, you know, the yards that they say they're shooting. So, you know, if they're saying they're shooting 800 yards comfortably, we're going to go, you know, shoot a 12-inch plate at 800 yards a few times. And, you know, before they're actually going to shoot something that far, you know, we're going to make sure they're shooting good. Um, but, yeah, I would say four or 500 yards um, is a good, you know, practice point. So, Heck, yeah. And on these – landowner tags is that hard to draw for your deer and elk so everything is either a first year draw um except for first year draw or over the counter except for second season or fourth season deer um fourth season deer takes a few years um but i usually put in all my 
you know, uh, landowner points for four season. And I usually end up getting enough four season tags for every year. So pretty much every hunt that's with me, um, you can expect to have a tag. There's not one. And I mean, like there's muzzleloader first and four season where you're going to have to put in the year before, um, just be prepared for it. I got to book those guys, you know, during March, April, make sure they get their stuff in, um, for the, uh, for the draw. But other than that, you know, there's a lot of over-the-counter stuff just because there's a lot of private land in our area. Um, so they can give out that many more tags. So. Right on. So how does, how does a guy get in touch with you guys to get a hunt booked or to get information from you? I, I think you can tell, tell them to either hit you up or, uh, you know, I think your new website, um, should have our number. I think, uh, you know, uh, our number will be on there. My number, Wolf Wolf Outfitters, uh, twenty or Wolf Outfitters at gmail.com. You can email me, but yeah, mostly call me, Jaden Wolf six three one two two four three. Um, or you know, get with Ed. He can uh, tell you about me a little bit and um, get you set up with me as, as well. So yeah, yeah, I sent quite a few guys out there this last fall, and they all came back with good reviews. So that speaks a lot. I think most of the guys that you sent last year are coming back this year. So yeah. Yep. That's what I've been telling new clients. They're like, what about, what about hunting with these guys? I'm like, well, every guy that I sent out there last year is coming back this year. So that should, <laughs> that should, that should tell you something. Yeah. So, yeah. So we're right on. I appreciate you guys hopping on. Is there anything else you guys want to throw out? I don't think so. No, I appreciate what you do. Yeah. I really do. Yeah, no, I'm I'm hoping this deal takes off. I mean, it may be a bust, but you don't know until you try. So, it'll, be, it'll be good. It'll be yeah, good. so we're well, right on. I appreciate you guys hopping on tonight.